This is an Area Code podcast. This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Gospel Centered Discipleship on April 13th in Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville? Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. That's how you got to say Okay. I think so. So on April 13th, right before Together for the Gospel, Gospel Centered Discipleship is hosting their 2020 Writers Intensive, featuring Ronnie Martin, Jonathan Dodson, and Jared C. Wilson. This event is all about equipping Christian writers to grow as leaders and disciple makers in the world today. Dude, I just noticed I'm a little upset that they didn't include you. I don't think they like Canadians. No, what do you think? Well, no. no, they do love Canadians. I think they it's do. more that I'm just not helpful. They just don't like you. It's yeah, okay. That's right. It's all right. But anyway, head over to gcdiscipleship.com today to learn more and register. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Jeremy Reipal talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron and with me as as continuing to be always is Dave. I mean, you, you keep saying that, I feel <laughs> like I'm going somewhere. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm I know. I'm like Barnabas, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with you, all right? Out of love and brotherhood and whatever other weird way of putting it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, fine. As long as we can talk about books, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, I'm good. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm I'm glad about that because um, this should be less fun without uh, without our banter. So or maybe it'd be fast. It'd be shorter anyway. Be much shorter. Yeah, it'd be much shorter. <laughs> be much shorter. We, uh, I guess our previous episode would, would was Tim Challies, right? Yes. So. Tim Chalice is just looking at us like, are we going to talk about books in this podcast? <laughs> it's like it's more of a 15-minute intro or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, something. He, and he participated, but oh, then it he, was, he went right. He went right for it. He, uh, yeah. he full-on roasted me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, I, uh, he is only half Canadian now. That's what apparently. Uh, it's been established. Because, so because, listeners, if you haven't listened to that one, go back. So if you want to have a 15-minute roast of Aaron, I'm denying him his... Of, uh, of my citizenship yeah. and... Yeah. Life. Yes. Yeah. You know, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts break. Yeah. on the yeah. inside. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well. feelings, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, we have a special guest today, though, Dave. I'm excited about this because we are recording at the Bethlehem Passage Conference here in uh, balmy Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And um, so because of that, we have had the opportunity to hang out with some different people. Um, and one of those people today is our friend Jeremy Reitball. Jeremy, how's it going? Thank you, guys. It's good to be here. Really enjoying that, and just glad to connect with you guys. So much yeah. fun. Yeah, this yeah. has been fantastic. It is balmy, like it is. a balmy what ten degrees it's outside? 10. Yeah, you know, which is, like that. It's <laughs> not minus fifty. No, that's yeah. good. I mean, it's yeah. not the the fifteen degree weather in Michigan though. No, I mean, yeah, I mean we've got a little bit more than yeah. uh, a little bit more degrees here or there yeah. than here, yeah. but uh, yeah. it's all good. You know, it's or great. you know, the forty in Nashville. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, Nashville, you know, listeners, like if you ever come during this time of year, like February is the worst. Yes. Um, it really is. Yeah. And, and, and it's very relative again. It's yep. just that 40 degree rain. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's yeah. just kind of dark and rain. I think, it I think your February soul. is just the worst of, yeah. of all the months. I mean, it's the shortest one and yet it acts Short. the longest. Well, it's yeah. because it's, like, it's got, and it's got pretend holidays and it, it does. That you don't get days off for. Uh, what, President's Day you're talking about? Uh, no, not that one. Um, oh, Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day. Oh, well, you're right. That's a good point. 
Uh, yeah. I can't um, say that's a pretend holiday, and my wife will no, hear this you, you, and you, yeah, we'll be you done. Tread, <laughs> tread carefully. No, no, no. Here. See, this yeah. is how it works and how it rolls in, in the Armstrong house. Really? So there's, yes. there's nothing? We don't really do hardly anything for Valentine's Day. Instead, what we do is we... Uh, um, I know that my, my wife's love language is um, frugality. And so I go to the store the day after and I get the 50% off oh, candy. Oh, I get, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and that's what I do. It's, we participate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's the day after. Um, <laughs> you know, like Trader Joe's has like stuff that's, you know, much cheaper than what you would get at like the florist. You know, you can buy flowers there for like 10 that are really nice and fresh and good. Well, that's certainly uh, Instead true. of paying 60. So there is a way to do Valentine's Day, but it's oh, a little, I a little this. economical. Um, I understand so, this, but okay. she also doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> um, what she wants is she wants candy Got and it. she wants it at a discount. Okay. Well, that. <laughs> so. I get it. Yeah. She, she's like, don't get, don't get me full price candy, but you must get me candy but I will wait another day for it. She's very that's happy. Basically it. Okay, She's that's basically Okay, that's fine. Well, we were that way too, you know, after Christmas, it's like suddenly like any Christmas decorations, sure. if you need to get them, like, yeah, buy them 50% off the next day or yeah. whatever that week. And so like Christmas lights, like you they're, just load they're it up for next price. year. You load it for next yeah. year, exactly, yep. yeah. Um, well, I'll say this one thing about Valentine's Day. So um, uh, my wife um, generally doesn't, She of course she enjoys flowers, but, um, but she tells me um, often, it's like, I, I appreciate flowers, but here's the deal. The, this is Cat Lady Dave coming out again. The cats will eat the flowers. <laughs> right. So she's like, it's more of a mess than anything. They'll last like half a day and the cats will attack the flowers and yeah. try and eat them. So um, so what I do is I bring home Sonic Ice. She loves Sonic Ice. Oh. That is her. That is like a bouquet of flowers to her. Okay. She loves Sonic Ice with a Diet Coke. That's, That's so it bizarre. right there. I, 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 that's, that's it. All right. That's, that's great. it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I, I like they I know it. me by name at Sonic when I come to <laughs> two bags of ice, please. Hello, Dave. It's good to see you again on this Friday morning. That's it. Cause I know you're going home from your men's group right now. Yeah, that's that's right. it. That's right. right. So have we just yeah. invented like two more of the love languages for Chapman to I think write so. about like you know frugality just, and Sonic eyes? You, you know, you got to keep right. publishing. All right. right you got to right. feed the monkey. Keep writing. That's really what it is. Feed the monkey. You got to feed the monkey, man. You got to keep publishing hey listen if there's another it's like you know you got eight minute thing and there's something about Mary eight minute abs he's like seven minute abs like it's got one minute less yeah, whatever it right. takes go sure. up go down yeah. whatever just yeah. change it up yeah. publishing man this is how the sausage is made you don't want to know what's happening back there it's a Canadian I was a Canadian sausage factory which is really bad oh, no um, uh, don't believe that just make sure that the context is in the way I'm sharing about this <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wow. Um, okay, where do we go from here? I didn't know uh, where I, this was. I know, this is... <laughs> I don't know. You brought, no. right, you brought us right back to PG-12. That's pretty much well it. Done. Right at the edge. Everyone else's mind took it over. But I maintain I was talking about a different type of factory. Um, so... Um, I'm gonna stay quiet now. This is yours to lead right now. Whew. I'm gonna let everyone sit in the uncomfortable silence now. All right, fantastic, thank you. So, um, so Jeremy, you are a pastor. You're also the, um, the executive director of Gospel Center Discipleship, who is a, is a longtime friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, both you and Gospel Center Discipleship specifically. Um, Sorry, I still have tears in my eyes. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, you you made me cry, Dave. I did. That's you good. Did. That's that's why I'm here. I'm yeah, glad. That's right. Thank I'm just you. gonna say factory to you during the day <laughs> when you're talking to like a customer at the end. <laughs> so, um, anyway, anyway, hey. but uh, but yeah, Jeremy, you you've been a, a good friend to you know good friend to us. Not as much hangout time actually yeah. as I'd prefer um, because well. We live in two different states, but Gospel Center Discipleship is a great ministry that you're that you're running. How about you give the quick Thank uh, you. rundown on that? Yeah, Gospel Center Discipleship exists to cultivate writers and mm-hmm. resources to make mature and multiply disciples of Jesus. And so we have this online presence. Uh, Jonathan Dodson wrote this great book called Gospel Center Discipleship yep. almost 10 years ago, and that was kind of where he launched uh, the site and wanted to bring in writers to create culture and to help uh, communicate the gospel and help build up uh, the church in um, in our ministries um, and so uh, that was started about 10 uh, 10 years ago or so and uh, three years ago uh, I came on as the executive director and God's just given us this cool niche where we've been we've been always been writing articles and um, kind of in-house publishing some small books and yeah kicking those out. Yeah. Um, but then in the last couple of years, we've just seen a niche where the Lord has uh, opened an opportunity for us to connect with writers and help them develop and grow and um, kind of become a place that we can cultivate them as we've yeah. put into our mission statement just recently. Like we want to help people who are who are uh, thinking about the writing craft, who want to labor in that, who want to grow as writers. Um, we're trying to figure out the whole publishing factory and uh, industry and all of that. And yep. we just go, yep. where, where do we go from there? Um, and we just want to help them uh, and serve them in that craft and so it's been a lot of fun to do that um, I've learned a lot uh, along the way and uh, trying mm-hmm. to help writers and with my own writing as well and uh, so um, but really just that mission to help make mature and multiply disciples of Jesus has been yeah. our, our main emphasis nice nice most of your writers uh, do they uh, are, are they primarily theologically trained already or is it just a mixture it's a mixed bag I mean and, yeah. and we've got a handful of men and what we so we've got about 11 staff writers that are um, all over the country um, very diverse in, um, in gender and ethnicity, and it was just a great team uh, there. Uh, some are theologically trained. Um, so, um, most, most of the guys are pastors uh, in some ways, so they're serving in ministry and a lot of writing to leaders. A lot of the women on our team are either homemakers or their uh, wives of church planters or in ministry in some way and capacity in their lives. And so just those men and women writing together um, has been a really uh, dynamic team, and it's built a community um, that's, that's been a lot of fun. I think of uh, like Tolkien and and Lewis had the, the Inklings, right? You know, yeah. and that's something we've always kind of aspired to. What, what if we had that kind of environment where we could just we could pitch our ideas to each other and say, "Hey, I want to. I think this is a need that be, needs to be addressed in the in the church or in culture." And what would an article like that look on, look like? And so we volley our ideas around and um, sharpen each other. Uh, yeah. And that's just really, really great. We'll read each other's pieces and be like, okay, you gotta, you got to rephrase this because it, it doesn't work. Or like that note just hit me uh, as well. So yeah. totally fun like that. Just great to have that community of, of people working together in that. Absolutely. We had Andrew Peterson on a few weeks yeah. ago and, and uh, he's big on just the purpose of what a community does because he, he feels that very similar. Yeah. He sees the importance of that and how to sharpen each other, how to really challenge each other. Because there's like a level of vulnerability you want to create to where you can go to these friends and Mm -hmm. you can um, put your work on the table and say, guys, um, let's not beat it up, but challenge it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. let's make it better uh, together in that way as opposed to anything else. And and everyone has their own different process of how to kind of get to that point, but knowing you have that there and thus you honor each other by promoting each other all the time too, which is really fun to see. Yeah, it's it's great, and then you know you see that 
in good writing, I think you can see the fingerprints of other people on the writer's work. It doesn't, it's not just a writer who goes off uh, into the corner or into an ivory tower by himself and comes out with his manifesto and here it is. But, but the good books, uh, I think, are the ones where you see the fingerprints of a, a community around that. And folks, um, that's one of my favorite pages to read is the acknowledgement pages, just to see who, <laughs> who was a part of this, you know, who was, who was in the mix on this, what editors, what family, what churches, like who was really in the mix of this book coming to f uh, formation yeah. and delivery. And that, that I think really places good writing well. Uh, yeah. it, it does to me, anyway. Yeah. 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 So we For love sure. that, GCD, just having that community and being able to, to partner and share together and um, pick, up, uh, pick up good ideas and bad ideas and yeah. just lovingly say, hey, that's great, or no, I, I don't get it there, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see it, so. Oh yeah, I don't know, I like, I like my island. It's, it's really great. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes like I think just the difference of how <laughs> introverts and extroverts can write, though, you know? Yeah, I yeah. just wanna um, take that time on our own and, yeah. and process it, um, yeah. and then Oh well, no! I'm just saying. Community. I'm just yeah. saying. I don't like. I, I don't let anyone. I just. I just don't like criticism. So I just want everyone to tell me it's great. It's fine. Nope. Yeah. I mean, speaking of criticism, don't I'll, challenge I'll, my I'll, ideas. I'll lay this out there. Uh oh. So, so when I in 2014 when I uh, dropped my book uh, Ever Present, yes, uh, I sent it to you. Yes, you did. And and. Um, you actually came back, you wrote a review on it online, yeah. and you came back to me with a pretty helpful critique. I, I bristled at it because I was like, dude, he gave me three stars on Amazon. Like, I what's did. that Sorry. about? Yeah. I did. I, did. I remember did. this. And it got picked up by TGC. <laughs> I was a friend. It did. Yeah. yeah. But, but the critique was right because yeah. I had made a point um, uh, to the effect in a chapter on uh, the gospel in the home that, you know, it should be the aspiration of every Christian uh, if they are able to get married and have children. Yeah. Yes. And and you pressed in on me on, on that and said, hey, like, have you thought about like s singles, you know, folks yeah. who can't get married or they want to or can't have children and that kind of thing. And that was a really good, helpful critique. Yeah. And so if I ever go back and do that, revise that book, yeah. um, which I'd love to do one day, um, that, that'll that make it in there. But awesome. um, I, yeah. that kind of thing, that's so helpful for writers. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, and I know it was yeah. well-intended and yeah. loving and uh, well, you did I great. Mean, can got, you bump that review up to four stars though, please? I'll, uh, can I'll I, do can I, I can. I'll do what I can. When you make, that when you make okay. those changes, you get three and a half. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it, especially conceptually. Like the big idea of Ever Present was is a really helpful one. It was um, the the whole, and I mean we're we're starting to see that that whole idea of being where you are mm -hmm. and actually being being situated in a place and time. Um, in a little bit, you're kind of ahead of the curve um, in terms of where like that trend in publishing. Um, so, so good job. Um, <laughs> that was like five years ago, so I'm probably at the curve now, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I mean, you'd be right in it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, so now's the time to do an updated version. That's but true. It was, uh, but it was really good because there's, there's, there really isn't enough that's talking mm -hmm. about the important, the actual essential nature of community and mm -hmm. why, like, why, um, you know, as as Christians, we're not we're not um, just like even though I was joking about it, um, you know, we're not off all on an island by ourselves. Right. Um, despite my love of of one of me time mm -hmm. um, and my deep need for lots of it, um, but like I still have I still have a community around me, and I and I have to have that around me yep. because otherwise I'm just going to go off the rails and be crazy. Um, and and a community. To your point, is it's not yes pe yes men or yes women. It's right. 
it's people who will say, "Hey, dummy, knock it off." Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's that's something that I that I that I did uh, really appreciate in yeah, the book. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah. Going back to um, uh, to, to the writing process too, like you know, how, how have you grown over the last thirty years? Not even you know, running Gospel Center sure. Discipleship, but also just you as an editor of other people and also a writer in that process. Like, what have you learned throughout that time? Oh yeah. man, great question. Um, a lot, I, and I've learned I don't know as much as I thought I did. So there's this whole learning curve that's like mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't have any clue that uh, that was the case. And so we had a pretty uh, small team when I first came on. We still have a relatively small team, but we've grown over the last three or four years. Um, and so just thinking through process of how do I take an article or a piece that I've written and let it go through an editing filter uh, to come out on the end side of being published on the website or a book or whatever. Um, really, I kind of had to relearn and almost I felt like I was reinventing the wheel in some way. So, okay, we've got to get this, this set of eyes on it and um, yeah. we're getting ready to release a new book um, here uh, in just the next couple months. And uh, so the writer um, that's been going through that, we've taken it through a couple of the revision processes and editing processes for content and for clarity. We've had, mm -hmm. her, we've had her shorten up a few chapters and even uh, take away some. Um, and, uh, and now we've hit the point where it's like, okay, now we need to take that to the copy team, you know, and they've mm -hmm. got to do like, let's find all the spelling mistakes, take the Chicago manual and make sure it compares out well to that. Yeah. And those processes early on, we just didn't have. We was like, yeah. okay, let's write it up. Let's make sure it's, you know, 95% clear and clean copy and then just kick it out and uh, hope, for, hope for the best there. Yeah. And so I think we found just taking more time um, to work on it, to make sure our craft is excellent um, has, been, has been really good. I've, I've, we have this great thing called our Writers Mentoring Cohort. It's a mm -hmm. six-month um, it's a six-month community. We've got 12, uh, up to 12 writers, uh, aspiring writers, join us for that. And we bring in, um, we bring in uh, six different uh, Christian authors. Um, we'll let Barnabas come and that's what uh, Barnabas speak into did. us every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we yeah. said yeah. last year. Remember that last summer. Um, Eventually, yeah. you're going to let us do it. Yeah, absolutely. So Let's go. come on nice. in and, nice. and uh, join the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a Barnabas Piper and Jared Wilson and Trillia Newbel and Jen Wilkin and just uh, the folks that kind of are in our community and tribe there. They uh, they spend an hour or so uh, every month with our 12 riders, just kind of coaching them up yeah. on the process. And we have just a, a simple curriculum that we that we work those uh, those riders through. Yeah. And then we we come up with some homework each uh, uh each month for them, which is always kind of fun because you've got, you know, writers that are thinking through, well, I'm just a blogger, you know, and then I toss out at them like, hey, you got to write some poetry this month. And like, you know, yeah. like, how do I do that, you know, or, or write yeah. a fiction piece and, and do that. And so uh, they'll take and write those pieces and then they'll submit them to, uh, we have an editor coach that works with, uh, with their writers and they'll work on that together, give them feedback and communicate that. And then uh, it comes back and every once in a while we get a chance to hear them read it together in the community and they're just working to develop that yeah. that culture and the practice of writing. So the thing, back to your question, the thing I've, I've learned from, from that is just taking the time through the processes of writing, uh, editing, thinking about it, getting others in on the process, and uh, helping hone and sharpen your ideas so that it really hits with uh, both what you're trying to say and with what is beautiful, good, and true yeah. uh, out there. So a nice. lot of fun, a lot yeah. of fun. Nice. Yeah, I think it's uh, the... the 
as we learned, as she always made the point, like, listen, writers write. And so yep. giving them a challenge of just saying, listen, establish what that discipline mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. That's really it, you know? I mean, yeah. my tell-all book is not gonna write itself. I mean, That's I true. already need to, at some point, sit down and, and like start, uh, you gotta you know, put, you gotta I gotta put a, words I got a to, notebook with all these, you know, yeah. all, all the juicy stuff that I uh, <laughs> hear out there, but. Uh, it's actually recording no, on your phone that are happening right that's now. True. Exactly, I know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, but that's it. It's the discipline. I mean, yeah. any any writer I've ever read their memoir or their instructional piece on on writing, it really gets down to this nitty gritty mm-hmm. idea that you just need to sit down and write. Yep. Yeah. And you only write, you only write better by writing. Yep. Yeah. So you and you learn as you go, and you're gonna actually write some stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That you would say, I'm embarrassed later on that I wrote yeah. that, but that's okay. I mean, how many? amazing authors out there that we love didn't have that time earlier in mm-hmm. their career or whatever that looks like and and you may have one book right you know you may have multiple books but uh, you gotta at some point get down and just just grind lock yourself in your basement or whatever dark room and just get yeah. it done so yeah there's I've, i found like writing is not a um it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's not yeah. just like here's ten steps and then you'll you'll have it. Um, and I see some people talk about, and I think it's always helpful when I hear people talk about their their practices of writing. You know, so I know some will set aside like I've got to write a thousand words today, every day, and just just hammer at it and do that. And some people are like. I can't do that. Like, uh, you know, maybe once a week I might get 2,000 or 4,000 sure. words out and I just brain dump and there it is and it, it's actually decent, you know, and that, that works for them. And so the thing I've been trying to, to, to regulate or at least uh, calibrate in my life and my heart with our team even has been like, you've got to find what works for you in writing. You know, know, know your processes. Are you a good, uh, is your mind sharp in the morning? Um, does it need like three cups of coffee in the afternoon and then you're, you're hot? Yeah. Or, is it, or is it in the evening you find those places, find yeah. those times. Um, and then uh, this is the age old wisdom on being a good writer. Um, it's, it's read good writers, right? Yes. I mean, that's, you've got to read the best. And that's, um, that's one of the pieces I give uh, of advice in the, in the cohort is um, when people ask, well, who should I read? What should I read? Uh, my, my first thought is read people who have won awards, mm-hmm. read their award-winning books. I mean, I think pick up, if you're writing for fiction or even just to get a better sense of that, pick up the Pulitzer Prize uh, mm-hmm. winners. I mean, they, know, they might not be the best moral books. Uh, yeah. They might have a, uh, a turn that's just, shady. yeah, yeah, they may have a yeah. turn that's not good, have some content uh, in it, but, um, um, but they won that award for a reason. Right. And I think it's worth reading right. uh, reading that uh, well, for sure. And I'm, I'm glad that you're saying that because I mean, that's been, um, I mean, certainly something that I, um, I've seen pretty consistently with, um, with a lot of writers in kind of this, this sphere is they more have the potential to be good than, or have more potential to be better than they are. Um, because is maybe a better way to say it. Um, just because they're they're not bad, but they're not, but they're staying within they're staying within basically the 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 category that they're trying to write for, as opposed to reading things. And so they're like, well, you know, I really like I really like Piper, so I want to write like Piper, and or I want to write I so I read a lot of Piper books, and I want to write about these kind of things. And you know, you can see all of their influences yep. on them, but the problem is, is that um, you they just end up being bad copies yep. of those people uh, because they're not taking the time and looking at okay, go a step beyond mm-hmm. and say okay, who was the person who influenced 
this person. No. So it's like, great. You like C.S. Lewis. Okay, well then, are you reading George MacDonald? Mm-hmm. Are you looking to who influenced George MacDonald? Are you, you know, um, don't learn your theology from George MacDonald. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, um, but you can learn to write. You, yes. can, you can and should learn from his writing mm-hmm. because he, isn't, he was an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew how to turn a good phrase. Um, are, do you care about how? Do you care about how a sentence is structured? And do you think about why someone structured that? And I mean, I look at the aesthetics of writing a lot, probably more than normal people do. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, those are, but those things matter. Yeah, you know. So and I think that's that's really a, just a, an important thing to do is. Um, as I, as I used the illustration earlier about the page of acknowledgments, you know, that, that has kind of here's the community that's been around this. Um, but I think writers shouldn't have just a monolithic, like, I love, you know, Piper's been such a huge influence on me, and so I'm just going to write, like, he's the only one that I write like. Like, reading broadly gives you those um, fingerprints from other people um, that, that would influence uh, your, your thoughts, your turns of phrases, just, just even like, hey, that was really well put and just imaginative and I I see it there I like um, I, I've only read the Lord of the Rings of Tolkien and so I don't know if that kind of um, yeah. distances me from everybody but <laughs> no. but um, there is one paragraph in the return of the king that is just indelibly fixed in my mind um, it's when Theoden charges uh, in the battle um, kind of in the last scene before uh, Minas Tirith and um, the way that Tolkien wrote that um, and th- I hadn't even seen the film the Return of the King yet. So I had no mental uh, yeah. bias uh, on it. And I just remember reading that paragraph and being like, that is probably the most beautiful picture of, in literature uh, I've ever seen of Christ winning the battle. It was just kind of yeah. how my mind was it was interpreting that. But as I've read other books throughout the years that are good and, and great, those kind of paragraphs just pop out and they have an influence. And so they build in upon a writer's um, vocabulary, you will, or skill set in their own work. And so you don't become sort of a monolithic uh, writer of one uh, one person. And yeah. um, and, that, and I see that today. There's there's some really good writers out in, uh, in publishing and Christian world, but I can... Uh, I can tell you uh, just by some of the writing, like that person's been reading so and so a whole lot, and uh, yep. that's fine. That's good. Yeah. But but I see the fingerprints of that individual on their work maybe more so than I would others. So yeah. Um, it's 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 curious to find that out there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. yeah. But but I'm with you though. I think there's. Um, I mean, as I was telling, as I would tell anyone who is desiring to be a better reader, I would say. Certainly, like, you know, of course, if you listen to the podcast, you are going to be recommended a ton of different books, but you can yeah. find something that you connect with first and foremost. Sure. Yeah. And when you do, there's this desire to want to go deeper into that genre or that type of writing that challenges you. And I don't know, there, there's days, I, yeah. I will not lie, as a, as a, as a, a writer wannabe, you, you look at it and say, man, but all oh, this is just so good. Like, what, what else do I have to add to that? Um, and that's just my own uh, fear and security talking. But the reality is, you've just got to start, and yeah. you've just got to start. And you know what? You may not write a Pulitzer Prize-winning book, and that is absolutely okay. Right. But can you get your point across of what you want to teach, of what's inside of you? Feel like God's really stirring in you, or you've been working on from a research perspective in some way yeah. for so long. Or, so. or it's just you just want to do the you want to do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. It's just an exercise. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Hemingway has like I think it's the best writing prompt 
in the entire world in okay. his um, like movable feast um, story. It kind of starts out the story. And the movable feast, this is an image that we've used at GCD quite a bit as well. It's this community in, in Paris, this writer's community, uh, um, and just how they care for one another. They'll pay yeah. each other's bills. They're together a lot. They eat and they drink together yeah. and they just work it on. That, that's almost, you know, there's the inklings and then there's a movable feast. And that's yes. just kind of our, oh. our paradigms yeah. of community for GCD. Um, but in that, um, Hemingway has this uh, this prompt that just sits out there. He's like, uh, write a single sentence on the thing that is most true. And I love that because especially as followers of Jesus, like right. that just opens up the world to yeah. us. Okay, so what's true today that I know about God and who he is and my life? Yeah. And write that sentence. Just write that sentence. God is love. Yes. And, and inevitably the pencil or the, the keyboard or whatever it is you're writing with gets moving a little bit faster and farther. You're like, okay, build on that. What's next? What's the next sentence? The next sentence, the next sentence. So just that idea of, of there's, there's plenty to write. And if people are inhibited by their, I'm not good enough, or I don't know where to start, or just, uh, you know, I don't have anything to say. Well, as followers of Jesus, we have like in our lives, we have we have Christ, we have the Holy, the scriptures, like we have plenty to say. God's given us unique contexts and imaginations and life experiences and places and, and all of that, that we could just write one one true sentence, yeah. yep. start there. Yep. And, you ever seen Midnight in Paris? Yes. Okay, yeah. so yeah, and it's Harrelson, funny, he yeah. brings a lot of those lines into yeah. it, you yeah. know, and you know, it's stories for listeners, uh, Owen Wilson, who is- Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Owen, <laughs> it's Owen Wilson, so there's a lot I get of- I wow. they look alike, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> No, but uh, Corey Stoller plays. He goes back in time, and uh, like midnight every night in Paris. He goes back in time, and he's back in like 1924 in uh, in Paris. You know, so the the lost generation right. of writers is there. So Hemingway and and a variety of others, but uh, uh, but Hemingway is the funniest character. Absolutely. Corey Stoller who plays yeah. him is so funny. He plays like his exaggerated version of probably what Hemingway was, but it's also what you want him to right. be. And all those lines <laughs> yeah. that Jeremy has just shared is, uh, is it right there. Um, there's one other piece I was thinking about too is uh, in the movie Adaptation. Did you ever see I that? I haven't seen that one, yeah. So it's Nicolas Cage playing two different brothers. You've seen it, have you? I have not. Okay, it is so bizarre. It's, it's, it's Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> He's playing Charlie Kaufman okay. and then his fictional brother, the other whatever Kaufman brother. and. Um, and basically there's two ways of kind of looking sorry one his other brother of course gets all the screenplays picked up for a million dollars plus because he writes from a very traditional story standpoint which we all follow and love mm -hmm. uh, but that's what's recognized whereas really uh, uh coffin in his main insecure character as also nicholas cage is trying to write something non-traditional which is the way the movie goes but he takes uh Robert McKee's uh, story course. Yeah. And it's the funniest scene where he, and go ahead and just, you know, YouTube, go find it because it's really funny because he's sitting in his class and Robert McKee is like the guru of story within screenplays of like not necessarily writing uh, books, but in terms of screenplays of what we, when you know a story has taken you from A to B. Um, in a movie, you know it's structured in the way that Robert McKee teaches. So there's all these wannabe screenwriters who take these classes. Um, but even like Donald Miller, you know, like he's taken you know, his class and stuff. Robert McKee is pretty crass and very crass, like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he gets up, so Charlie Kaufman raises his hand, you know, Nicholas Cage, we sit, he stands up. And he's like, well, what if nothing really happens in my story in, in life? You know, I could just go about from this and that. And Robert McKee just goes off on him. 
and he's like all sorts of terrible things happen every single day you know and he goes off like you know a you know a person's murdered and you know and you know and he goes on you know it's he's like and he just screams at him and he's like don't tell me nothing happens mm -hmm. in this world and it's mm -hmm. not always bad it's just sure. like drama happens all all around yeah. us of, yeah. of what a character is struggling mm -hmm. with and how they have to overcome it to get to that point of realizing their potential yeah right and and, and that yeah. arc yep. starts happening yep. and so it's all around us are we yeah. paying attention yeah. to it and it doesn't have yeah. to be like big grand stuff it's just you know the ordinary things of, of life and I, I mean I know you guys have talked about this this book actually I probably bought it because I heard it here first but um, Leifanger's uh, Virgil Wander yep. I mean I I I so much love that book. And it like in the big scheme of the world, like not much happens in that, right? It's just a little community, yeah. a guy who's a projectionist, has an accident, you know, it's just and that all of that in there. But he builds such an amazing sense of place mm -hmm. and character uh, within that town. Uh, they, yeah, yes. um, you're like, I want that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That. Whatever um, that looks yeah, like. Yeah. So, so as we write, we don't have to like come up with like the big grand you know huge universal narratives yeah. of life to have an interesting it's story but it's just like what yeah. are the places we're in what are the experiences we're having what's that single true thing that's going on and and look, get that on the page yeah for sure well uh, Andrew Peterson mentioned in Adorning the Dark he talks about writing as basically like what you're writing as basically being a snapshot of a moment mm -hmm. he uses the example specifically of a song All Kinds of Time by uh Fountains of Wayne. And it's this snapshot of a moment basically of a quarter a high school quarterback's decision making mm -hmm. in um in a game. Yeah. He called this out specifically as this example of like this is how this is how you can use a moment well. And um and and it's true. Like so your story, like a story can be really caught up in in a moment, in a, you know, a, like literally a moment of everything that's going on. Um, it's a short story, potentially, but, um, um, but I mean, it would be interesting to, for someone to attempt to capture the, like the, um, you know, we, we always hear about, you know, your life flashing before your eyes and, you know, in that, that, mo that life or death moment, like where you're pretty sure you're going to die kind of thing. Um, like what would it be like to write a story that was, that was capturing that moment? Yeah. yeah. What would, yeah. or a poem capturing that moment yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. There's a great um, book I found a couple of years ago. Um, I, I really, I loved it and I hated it. It was so, it was sad uh, to me. It's called the throwback special um, okay. by Chris, uh, Back elder, sorry if I've uh, mispronounced his, his last name. Um, and it's a group of middle-aged men who have for um, for years, they've assembled in this uh, high school football field yeah. uh, outside, of, uh, outside of Washington, D.C. to reenact this one play uh, from the NFL when um, uh, Theismann broke his leg. And um, so they get 22 guys together. They have like this draft of who gets to be Theismann this year, who gets, who, who gets to be the guy that sacks him. And, um, and, and so that's the place and the event. 
Yeah. And all they do is they get together, they, they come together at this hotel, they spend the night, they run the play the next day, and that's the event. But everything around it is telling the story of these middle-aged guys. Yeah. Just like, some are going through a divorce, or some are, are just you know trying to figure out their career, it's come to a dead end. And it's just, yeah. there is this, this sorrow uh, underneath the book of the yeah. like middle ages, it's like Theismann getting your leg broken and everything's right. done. Yeah, the best this quarterbacks. Is yeah, absolutely. Career cut yeah, short yeah, by such yeah, a tragic yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. But that yeah. was one of those books. Yeah. I found that through yeah. a, a thing called um, the Field Notes Tournament of Books. So yeah. I've heard this. Uh, or the Morning News Tournament of Books yeah. comes out this time of year every year, and they take uh, like. 16 or 20 uh, of the of the last year's fiction works, and they kind of do this. They pit them against each other and have this have judges uh, rank them each other. That's one of those things where like I always read the award, the one that wins the tournament. I always read that book just right. because. And I don't think the throwback special won that year, um, but it was in one of the fi- semifinals. So it was like. I, I love football. I'm going to read this one because it sounds great and it kind of hit my life. But it had that momentary effect of like just placing me in that moment. Yeah. And uh, I think good writing does that. Yeah. So it kind of gives you the vision of, yeah. of what's around and, and yeah. crafts that. So, yeah. 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 So, sorry. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Mine's a practical question. So, with Gospel Center Discipleship and how you've had to be, like, you're pastoring at the mm-hmm. same time, too. Like, even though, you know, what you're doing in Gospel Center Discipleship is noble, it's awesome, it's challenging. But you're doing that in addition yeah. to what you're doing on a regular basis, which is pastoring a church. Yeah. How do you do that, and how does everyone else do yeah, that well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one, it's the power of a team. Like, um, So I've got a great team. Grayson Pope is our managing editor. If you ever want to submit anything to Gospel Center Discipleship, which we have open submissions, send it to Grayson. Um, he's the first place that we, we catch that uh, and and work uh, work on that there. So my rhythms with our team are to, to serve and encourage them um, on a regular basis and communicate with with that and we meet in those community spaces uh, online uh, once a month um, and, and then I kind of lead the administrative and organizational pieces of the organ uh, of the organization together so um, whether it's our book publishing or kind of working with our uh, managing and associate editors on the articles that are going out some of that's just kind of a seamless process we built a we built the system um, if you will um, you can call it another word if you'd like uh, maybe a factory or so but we built one of those and um, and they uh, take that and run that through the process uh, there and do a fantastic job and then on the other side of it I'm I'm uh, mainly working on leading that team our book publishing um, stuff so again we have a, a handful of books that we publish every year and then um, some of our more live like the cultivating writers thing that's where I've taken on more of a hands-on um, interest and so uh, the writers cohort um, we have a an intensive coming up in um, in Louisville in April um, with uh, T4G right uh, on the uh, day before that begins um, there. Um, so I'm ha- kind of handling that. And I take that stuff, that's all life-giving to me. And so I kind of do that stuff um, mainly on the day that I'm not doing my ministry at my church. Um, and so it's kind of make sure that uh, everything's in its right place. And so usually Mondays are when I'm working hard at GCD and enjoying that. It's life-giving, so it does feel like rest for me. It's not a, it's a, it's a bit of a Sabbath thing. But then I'm seeing a lot of, uh, particularly the articles that we publish and just the conversations that I'm thinking through there, integrating with life as a pastor as well. So it's kind of I'm resourcing myself in terms of like, hey, this is what's happening in our church family. And here's an article that speaks uh, to that. We can disciple each other through this kind of resource. Um, and build that in. So it's it's hand in glove, you know, yeah. um, in, in a lot of ways of uh, taking the gospel and applying it to our church family and 
uh, to the world which we're in, but also having those written resources to be able to say, here's here's where this connects um, for our lives um, yeah. and, and day-to-day stuff. And one thing I love too is that, you know, what you were doing um, inherently is a side gig. And I say, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. no, no, no. Yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, um, but what it's doing is it's enhancing everything else that you're doing in ministry. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about it. And whether like, you know, you're a listener and you're doing something else on the side, the reality is, it should be something, yes, of course, mm-hmm. to create more revenue for you if that's what it is for your life. But also, it's just, it's life-giving and, it, and it, you, you get to use your skills yep. to help yep. other people yep. and do other things as well, which is wonderful. Yeah. And so, And maybe that's making your main job mm-hmm. that much better because yep. of it. Because there are obvious implications of working on GCD mm-hmm. that are going to help you as a pastor. Sure. Totally. Someone else, they'd have to kind of be a little more creative to look at it. But absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, I'm communicating yeah, every day. From teaching day. at your yeah. church yep. just because yep. you love doing it to whatever. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. One of the things that we're asked, so um, so our, my, the church I lead at, we're a multi-site church in the Detroit metro area, and I lead one main campus uh, of that church uh, in Plymouth, Michigan, Woodside Bible Church. Um, and so my... Um, my my leader, my pastor, um, in our kind of our regular uh, um, meetings for you know review meetings that kind of thing. Um, one of the questions I love that he asks is like, where are you ministering for the sake of the church globally or outside of Woodside? Um, where is your work done? And we know you know he knows the answer is GCD primarily in that, but he's just really encouraging like, hey, w- there's space for you to serve not just us locally here in this community, but but we want to see because the gospel is for all the nations and we need to make mature. And multiply disciples of Jesus, like take a step out and be broad in the kingdom of God and, and work uh, there. So I've, I love that freedom and just that encouragement to serve um, just uh, beyond just local uh, church at Plymouth, um, which I love so dearly. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, that's something that um, I think I wonder if enough people. In, who are thinking about writing, particularly who are Christians who are thinking about writing, if they really are um, looking at it from that perspective, that it's like you know, you're what you're the point of us writing, um, if, especially if we're specifically writing about matters of faith, is not simply to just say something, but it's that it's that it's an act of ministry mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. And um, it's it changes how you it changes how you view things. Like, I mean, there's certain things that I would that I would want to write that I would just want to write just to write, and that's perfectly valid to do that. But there's other things that I write that it's like I want to write this because I want this to be helpful for someone else. Um, so, um, and this is why my wife keeps you know hurrying me that I need to just go ahead and write my uh, write my Christian movie. So, um, because so many of them are so bad (laughs) and she's like, well, instead of complaining about them, just write your own. I think that's get it out there. I think that's good advice right there. Exactly. There you go. And it's not easy, by the way. I know it's not (laughs) easy. I know it's not easy. Friends of mine who write this, I mean, like it's a whole nother world. And then who can execute it well too i mean that's that's the other thing it's like it takes a partnership that's beyond absolutely like you have to like but i mean and i mean while it is a partnership i mean the thing that we always have to remember is is that a movie that tight partnership between a writer and the director matters but no matter how good a writer uh no matter how good a director you have you can't save a bad script but a bad director can destroy a good story um and so it's so it all hinges on this. 
as the starting point. It can get ruined by everyone else yeah, and everything else. Yeah. But if I, you don't have the foundation, I, I you're, watched, in, you're in trouble. I agree. I watched, uh, you know, you were watching the Honest Trailers. Uh, yes. I, I finally watched, I watched, but the, you know, episodes one, two, three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's good. Like, I'm like, how do you make a movie out of this dialogue anyways? And then he just kind of goes, goes through Anakin's dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, their things are just so vicious right now it's amazing mm. i know yeah there's um, <laughs> like i know poor hayden christensen he's probably like trying to move on and it's all just oh, keeps he, going back he's you know he's he's fine you have he, to have a sense of humor about yeah. this point like him i hope I mean, he made a lot of money off of that good for him i mean so. he did well he did all right and i want to go back just to your point yeah. just a few minutes ago about um how that has such an impact you know how our whether it's our writing in the movie or whatever you yeah. know that you, your wife was sharing about or what might that be um that's one of the things that I think has been so cool, and I, and I want to encourage um, writers in in the in the West, um, in English speaking like America, Canada, um, here here in our countries, um, our writing as we publish it on the internet, particularly, it's reaching places that are unreachable right yes. now, and there's. Um, it's it's kind of cool to watch just kind of our our analytics from GCD and see yeah. like yeah. there's there's people in China reading and there's people in, in some of these closed places you know North Korea every pop, pops up every once in a while yeah. and and we get notes from I got a I got a note from um, a guy the other day who's in um, who's in one of these Asian countries um, saying hey just thank you for your article. Thank yeah. you for your your ministry here. It's helping me disciple people in our context there. Yeah. And I mean that's huge. Even even 30 years, 20 years ago, like that kind of reach was just impossible. And yeah. and I we often try and measure things by platform and how what's the number of numbers that are getting out there and kind of yeah. thing. And writers, we really have to gauge our hearts well. Like just to get one of those is yeah. It's huge. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, Jesus didn't walk across. The, I mean, he didn't, his foot traffic wasn't that big. And, right. yeah. and yet um, he's given us his spirit and the ability and the technologies yeah. to reach and to serve the world. So we have a stewardship, I think, really, to help in our writing, to help those English speakers around the world who need those resources well. And we get folks all, all the time who write into GCD and say, hey, I'm in this country and I'm um, proficient in English. Can I translate this article yeah. into whatever language uh, yeah. I'm in? Like, please do. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. So, well, it's really helpful. Yeah, and you bring up that point. I mean, that's something that's really helpful to remember too. Is that because our stuff reaches, mm -hmm. um, even and this might sound contradictory to what we were talking about being the importance of being centered in a place and yep. in a time. Um, we have to be aware of that mm -hmm. when we're when we're writing about mm -hmm. issues. So. Um, and we, we can't forget that the issues that, that are going on in our communities, in our countries, our regions, our weird little tribes um, within, within um, North American evangelical Christianity, those are specific, sometimes specific to honestly just those people's heads yep. um, in some cases, um, but, or they're to a very small subset. Um, and so, when we're thinking about these, we need to be we need to be careful that we're not talking about an issue um, as if it's an expansive right. problem, unless it's actually an expansive mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. Like, so for example, it's always fair to say, "Hey, you know what? There is a there is a global 
epidemic in terms of biblical illiteracy. That is a problem across the world with believers of every stripe, no matter no matter what background yeah. they're coming from, because that um, that just inevitably happens. Um, particularly in the in the West within evangelicalism, it is a huge problem. Yeah. But it extends out further mm-hmm. as well. You can talk about the prosperity gospel being an incredibly evil, wicked export from America um, because it is. Yeah. And it's having a horrifying effect right. on people around the world. Um, and it needs to be talked mm-hmm. about, it needs mm-hmm. to be spoken mm-hmm. against, and it needs to be, and, and so just everyday believers around the world need to be equipped for those kind of things. But when it comes to some of the other issues that that come up, like, you know, um, like that, you know, you think about things that, I mean, basically if you follow, you know, Christian Twitter these days, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Any of that kind of stuff. So a couple things before we, before we wrap, um, because it's time. You know what this is all about. This is time for the Jack Reacher Sucker Ooh, Punch of the Week. Yes. Jeremy is our special guest as someone who's heard this happen mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. times. You know what the Sucker Punch is all about. This may be the easy punching bag. So okay. uh, welcome. Is it not yeah. 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 No. Is no. it JJ Abrams? No. No. It's um <laughs> it's it's the platform punching bag. Okay. Okay. Like okay. that's where I want to go. I yeah, want to yeah, yeah. go there. Yes. Um, because I think too many so yes, the publishing industry is um, evaluating and saying like we've got to sell product. Um, yes. And one one of my um, one of my professors from uh, college, his name is John Kessler. He re- recently wrote an article to this end on the publishing uh, industry, and um, he said writing is an art, publishing is sales. Yes. Right? And and yes. So there's the truth that we've if we're going to be published, we've got to sell it. Right. It's you know you know it does have to move a market. We live in uh, in a society where. Um, marketing capitalism that's just the thing that's the way so yeah, yeah we've got to get through that but I think so many writers are timid or they're they're quitting uh, on it because they're at a point where they're like I don't have the platform right and so I want to take that to the woodshed in the sense that that right for goodness sakes right if the Lord slayed something on your heart right maybe only five people read it maybe it's just your family or just at your church newsletter mm-hmm. or just an email that goes out to a handful of friends uh, write it though I, yeah. I think there's importance to that and that's that's really the issue I think of our hearts. Like, yeah. do we want the platform um, more so than we want the the glorification of God and the um, and the and the responsibility of influence there? Of of our words can transform lives. Even you know, might not be thousands or millions or you know billions. It might be tens. It, yeah, it might be tens. There's this you know. The, yeah. I always love the parable that Jesus gave of um, of the talents. You know, there's yeah. ten, there's five, there's three, and there's one. And everybody always, at least in my context and culture, we always are focusing on the ten guy, right? Like that's he's the winner, and the <laughs> the five and the three and the one guys, you know, they're they're kind of less than and not yeah. as influential. And yet, the ones with the smaller talents that are faithful with them, the three and the five, Jesus affirms. And he affirms in same measure as he affirms the one with ten talents. Yep. Um, it's the one who doesn't, it's who buries it, that Jesus rebukes. Yeah. And so um, wherever you're at, uh, right, if that's a calling that God's given to you, don't worry about the f- um, 
don't worry about the flat platform. Let the Lord take care of that. Yeah. Let Him give you those doors, uh, or 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 let them remain closed. Um, but but right for His glory, right for sincerity. And I'd, I'd love to see us kind of knock around platform a little bit and just kind of turn the world upside. Some of the best books I think are um, being written by people that um, nobody knows their name yeah. uh, right now, or yeah. they don't have the platform. Um, they might not do the greatest sales, um, but they're going to be deeply impactful for, for eternity um, yeah. in that. So um, let's, let's knock on platform a little bit and go there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That, that was, oh, thank you. That, how, You're that, welcome. That, that, that feels welcome. good. That's right. No. Well, it's, it's a good challenge. It's a good challenge too for, um, you know, those of us who work in, in publishing um, that it's like, let's, let's keep wrestling with this tension. Yeah. It, it also is recognizing the sovereignty of God yeah. in the process because, um, I was telling people in my Sunday school class, I'm like, guys, here's the deal. In 100 years, none of your relatives are going to remember you. I hate to break it to you. They're not going to remember me either. I mean, there'll be more about us out there than previous generations, perhaps. <laughs> but the reality is they're not. They're yeah. so, at best, they can recall some things their grandparents had done. But we're just selfish beings. And we just don't, we're not that interested. Some are, but the majority aren't. So you have to be okay with that and also recognize that the impact you have on this earth is is in service to the Lord, and He's going to do with it what He so yep. desires. And you need to be like praising Him for that, you know, whatever it is, because and yeah. if it happens to be hundreds of thousands, millions of people, awesome. It happens to be that one person. That's it. It's the same thing we do in Young Life. At the end of the day, like keep it simple. At the end of the day, you're just trying to minister to that one kid. Yeah. Just develop a friendship with with him or her, and 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 uh, don't worry about. You know this big ministry and, and <laughs> things like that. Just know that that's ultimately what the gospel right, right. is doing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, love it. There you go. There you go. Brilliant. All right. So our last Maybe. big question is: What are you reading? I'm doing. So I decided this year um, that I wanted to read through some of the classic. Uh, Christian classics. Okay. Um, in that, so I just laid out. I picked out twelve. So your best life now. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Best life now. Uh, you know. Um, Eat the cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five love languages. Yeah, that one. That one's right up there as um, well. Um, purpose driven life. <laughs> I read that once before. Oh, so okay. yeah, I did a forty okay, day campaign fine. with it uh, a while ago. So. <laughs> um, no, I've just I've just taken um, twelve uh, of the Christian classics. Um, they're on a they're on a list on my Goodreads page even uh, yeah. right now, and I've just decided this year I want to read the best of the best. Like what has stood the test of time and. Um, when I was forming up the list earlier in the year, I said like here's the deal if. Um, I put it out on Twitter. I'd love to know who these authors are. Who would you read? Who would you call a Christian classic? And and I said they, the one caveat is they got to be dead. Um, so mm. that that has kind of shaped my list. So yep. uh, my January read was um, and and I didn't get through it in January, so I'm almost done there. But I've been reading Augustine's Confessions, um, and it's been uh, so so beautiful and so helpful. And then I just finished a book last week um, by uh, by a friend called The Good of Giving Up, um, uh, and it's a, a kind of a preparatory book on Lent, huh. um, which I come from a church tradition that we haven't really participated in Lent. We're kind of the um, non-liturgical uh, background and that sort of thing. Yep. And uh, my friend Aaron Damiani um, wrote this book, Moody uh, Publishers, um, put it out in 2017. He wrote this book. He's an Anglican uh, pastor in the Chicagoland area. Um, 
wrote it to help guys like me figure out what to do with Lent. And yeah. he's really showed the gospel centrality uh, of the way you can practice and walk through Lent. And so yeah. that has been a really excellent one. So with Augustine and with uh, Lent here, I'm, I'm really fired up for uh, for this next month ahead. But nice. yeah, so I'm working just through that, those, those Christian uh, classics this next year and got a few tall orders. I don't know how I'm going to get through the institutes in a month, but... Uh, <laughs> I, we'll figure it out. It, but that's, yeah. You can do yeah. it. Yeah. You can do yeah. it. It's, and it might take two years. I mean, I just wanted to lay out like, right. I've got, you know, I, many of these I've read before, but I want to, I, I think they're so formative and important to shaping Christian theology and yeah. practice uh, as well that, that I want to roll on those. So, that's, um, that's yeah. Good. That's awesome. Thanks. That's cool. Pulling you up on good reaches. Yeah, I want to follow along as you're going. Yeah, yeah. I don't update the yeah. progress uh, yeah. that I'm in my it's reading. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Yeah. Oh, all of a yeah. sudden, it's there nice. Here's here's a question I have yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so so when, when can I mark on Goodreads I've actually read the book? Do I have to finish the whole thing? Or, I mean, like, um, like when can I say I'm done with this one? So oh. if you've got... I've got a couple go. of things. So certain books... Um, if it's like you've gotten, if you're very, if you're very clearly at the point where you know the big idea of the book, you've gotten that that very very clearly, and it's just repeating itself over and over and over again. Um, you know, you can you can mark that done. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can read the introduction of a Simon Sinek book, and then you're done, <laughs> and it's fine. And you can mark that. That's why it's great. Yeah. Um, typically, what's that? That's, that's what I'm reading. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's how you. It's how you get to 150 yep, yep. books a year. <laughs> how you get to? Yeah, exactly. I, I see. I see what your your trickery is. No, uh, I, um, I, w- I would honestly say. Um, so I, I would yeah. say if like if you're abandoning a book and it's like, it, are you talking about specifically in the abandoning stage or? Well, just are, like I've got a list of books. It's like I've been working on it and I'm kind of tired of it or you know it's like I've gone as far as I think I can or maybe it just wasn't a good book but um, yeah. I feel that tension yeah. of like well I gotta say I finished you know so many books this year yeah. but you because don't have to I mean I, it's just about that that, if, if it's that a, darn yeah. Goodreads challenge throws me off like right. okay I've got so many modern there right. I want to make sure well, I check the box sure but, so <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was a Failure this year, so you're gonna be fine. That's true. Right? I, I, so I got. I just set my number low. Yeah. 130. <laughs> so shame on me. That's right. Shame on me. Doubled what I did. Man. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I'm at 13 for this year so far. Um, Love us. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. My, yeah. my thoughts is too. They, I, we were talking about this before. You, yeah. you know, if you're not enjoying a book, man, ditch it. You know, yeah. there's no point. And just take it time. off the list. It's Don't fine. worry about your reading challenge. You know, it's there to be a guide to keep you on pace. To me, I think it's all about like just keeping on pace. Just saying, hey, yeah. you're one ahead or one behind. Like, all or, right, well, you just do what that? you can. And, and yeah, yeah, we're. I reading. like that achievement mark, though. I want to say sure. I did it. You know? I, I understand <laughs> that. I'm the same way too. And I like checking things off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I couldn't sleep this morning, so I finished up an audiobook while I was just laying in bed for an hour and a half. And I got to finish it. I was really happy to start the day. Yes, I finished a book. Accomplishment. It's been going on for two plus weeks. This audio yeah. was really long. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Um, I mean, you can but just, I, I don't know. You yeah. just when it's when you but, feel like you're done. When you feel like you're done, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I created a little a little that's good, category then. on mine called punted. Uh, yeah, the, the that's books, a good way to do it too. Yeah. Like, All right, yeah. I'm done. I, I'm yeah. out there. I'm <laughs> finishing up Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Nice, McEwen, McCowan. I can't remember say his yeah. name, but it's been great. You know, I, good. That, that's a that's a guy who clearly he does a lot of different types of uh, of work, but like I'm okay. And and I and I have thought along the way 
that oh this is a TED talk um, about yep. like trying how to simplify your life. I mean it's like it's like Marie Kondo for how to do work. <laughs> no really, she, that's what it is. is. Does yeah. she yeah. say? That's really what it does. Yes. The author of this book tell you to thank your your tasks for their service. No, he does not do that. And, uh, <laughs> and then it's, fold them in a very particular way um, as you put them in the drawer. Every other chapter, well, every chapter is supposed to be practical, and every other chapter is very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Other some like I already do that or. It just doesn't apply in some way or another. Mm-hmm. But like overall, I, I like the structure book. Pretty short chapters, maybe eight pages, and you know I, I've kind of been doing like one a day. Just yeah. it's that type of book. I don't want to enjoy like a bunch of chapters at once. Just every day, kind of read a piece, and that's great. It's been yeah. very helpful. And good. I'm writing down like a page of of kind of like what are the short things I take away yeah. from this that I need to apply, and uh, that's yeah. been helpful. So cool. I don't read a ton of books like that, but I do. I'm like, all right, let's make it useful. So, nice, you know, nice. Cool. Um, so I've got, um, I'm still working on a, working on a couple of things that we've been, you know, slowly, slowly plugging away at, because yeah. there's not, a, not as much time when we're traveling. I know. So, but I've got uh, this tender land still going yes. by uh, William Crank Kr- mm-hmm. Kent Kruger. Have you read and, it? Uh, I haven't. I've okay. seen that book and yeah. heard it. Uh, yeah, uh, talked about quite a bit. Yeah. So it's and, on. I think it's on my to yeah. read list. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I've got uh, Shakespeare wrote for money by uh, Nick Nick Hornby going <laughs> I as well. That. I love uh, that. Yeah, it's it's Makes fun. Me it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just a collection of essays. So it's but it's all about him him talking about what's going on as he's trying to read books. Yeah. And um, and so each each uh, essay starts with a list of what he read and what he bought as well. And so it's fun to see, okay, is he buying, is he reading the books that he bought in the same period of time? Um, I mean, I've gotten so far, I've gotten through the first essay where he was talking about his, um, he, he, where he was legitimately thinking about moving to Oxford, Mississippi. Um, because he just fell in love with the place. Um, so, yeah. So he mentions Square Books. So, Square yeah. Books. Yeah, and Square to. Books got uh, shout out in it. Yeah. And Square Books is a fun store, mm-hmm. too. A fun Never series been. of stores. So okay. um, it's cool. It's All, right. Cool. All right. So um, I think that's a good place for us to leave this off because it's going to get loud. Thank you here. guys so much for having me on today. It's been yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I enjoy this. This is uh, fun. This I was I was a little envious when I hear you guys come on and I'm listening in the car driving up uh, to our our, uh, our main campus. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wish I could just be there, hang out with those guys. So yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling of yeah. this is all we're doing. Uh, now the envy is here. not going to be no, there I'm, anymore. I'm so and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. all right, I've done that now. Peace out. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Nice, nice, cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for for being a good partner for the for the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. That's my joy. Guys, uh, do check out the information on the Writers Intensive. Um, you can go to gcdiscipleship.com for information on that. And uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. This is an area code podcast.